greetings from Mount Dora. It's this nice little cutesy, quaint town that unfortunately is just far away from everything. Like, you're going to have to hit some local roads in order to find this place. But it's well worth it. There's a lot of beauty in here. The lakes, the lakeside parks are super nice and there's a lot to... A lot of nice little places to visit. And hopefully I won't take 20 minutes to talk about this. But I want to have this quick conversation about the way the United States views economics. The way the pundits discuss economics. And even the way that the presidents and the administrations themselves like views how strong or how good the economy actually is. Because I think... We need to alter our thought process on what we view as successful, what we view as, you know, a good, strong economy for the American people. And this thought of mine developed when I was watching Sean Hannity invite Gavin Newsom, who clearly is going to run for president in 2028. I kind of wish he runs now, just to give... Biden some pressure but he's going to run in 2028 and they had this little debate about whether or not it was the Biden administration or the Trump administration that has the stronger economy and they were discussing the unemployment rate they were discussing inflation they were discussing you know the GDP and all that fun stuff and so uh, Hannity, of course, believes that Donald Trump had the stronger economy. He's like unemployment was lower uh, you know, the economy was strong, the, the, everybody had jobs before the pandemic. And Hannity pushed back against Newsom when Newsom mentioned the millions of jobs that the Biden administration had created because they were post-pandemic jobs. And Hannity was like, well, these aren't really jobs that he created. These are jobs that came back after the pandemic. And, of course, Newsom pushed back and was like, well, we've created more jobs than jobs that were lost when the pandemic happened. And everything I have said is true. It is accurate. It, was the economy strong under Trump? Yes, it was. Is the economy strong under Biden? Yes, it is. So why are we still feeling pain? And that's because the United States economy today, nowadays... It's successful, but the fruits of our labor are not there. Like, the middle class and the lower class is not feeling the strong economy. We're not enjoying it. We're not sensing that the money is flowing. We know it's there. We are aware that the money is there. Between our taxes, between the strength of the GDP on just individual states. California's economy by itself is the fifth largest economy in the world. Just the state of California, mind you. By the way, its GDP is better than Texas by like $10 billion. I want something like that. $10 billion, $10 trillion. But either way, second place isn't even close. California makes bank. So, right? Newsom has a good economy, right? That'd be the question. But here's the other side of the coin. Because, yes, unemployment is low. Jobs are being made. But Los Angeles has a population of one million homeless people. San Francisco has a homeless problem. 
There are other parts of California in which people are forced to live in the desert because it is illegal to pitch a tent in said town. And so these people who don't have a place to sleep have to go to the desert. They have to drive their cars to the to the desert, pitch their tents there, and then the next morning go back into town and work said jobs, work the thousands of jobs that are available. So how is that a good economy if people are homeless? And this is the thing that I wish we would discuss differently in terms of economy. What good is it to have a good economy if we have a million homeless people in the second largest city? That's a astronomically high number for a country that has a ridiculously high economy. If there is so much money flowing, then why is it that over 50% of people are living paycheck to paycheck? If there's so much money, then why has the homeless rate, the homeless, you know, why has the homeless rate gone up 75% in Central Florida? That doesn't sound like a strong economy. It sounds like a country whose money just isn't there. But it's there. The money is there. And the other reason why I don't like the discussion of the economy anymore, especially in a post-pandemic world, is because the recovery from the pandemic is economically contradicting the way we view interest rates and the way we view inflation. Because technically, we should not be in a recession. There are jobs. There is money. People are working. But the the economic fallout from everything that's happening has resulted in recession-like behavior in which the prices are going up. Because the unemployment rate's so low, that means demand is higher, which means the Fed continues raising the interest rates. So no one's really enjoying any of this because the Fed believes that there's too many people with jobs and the Fed believes, you know, the Fed Reserve, like they believe that the successful way to lower the interest rates, the to lower prices, is that more people have to lose their jobs. And I don't agree with any of this. And I'm not the only one, like I'm not some, you know, some wizard who came up with this. And I'm the only one that realizes this. Uh, under the Biden administration, we've seen a lot of progressives. And we've seen a few, you know, politicians. I wish there was more from the other side so I don't just discuss the progressives. Like, it sounds biased. But I haven't seen a Republican really point this out. But our economy is strong. So why are the interest rates still high? Why is there inflation? Like, why are these things still happening if all the rules are being followed for a proper recovery from what was an economic collapse because of the pandemic? And politicians like, you know, good old Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez disagrees that, you know, depending on the unemployment rate determines the interest rates, determines the price hikes or the price, you know, dips and stuff like that. She believes, people, you know, people like her believe that we shouldn't tie these things together at all, especially when corporate greed is at an all-time high and the greed of the billionaires is at an all-time high. 
In other words, the money does exist. The money is out there. California is the fifth largest economy in the world. That part is true. The United States is the largest economy in the planet. That part is true. So why is there a high homelessness rate? Why, why is there a high child poverty rate? Why is it that people are going bankrupt because of health-related reasons? If there's a strong economy, then why isn't the economy feeding back its people? Why isn't the money coming back to us? We made the country super strong again. So why are we not being rewarded for it? And that's essentially my thesis here. So when Newsom and Hannity discuss and argue which economy was better, the answer is none of the above. Because... 50 plus percent of Americans were still living paycheck to paycheck under Donald Trump. And it was the same under Obama. Probably worse because, <clears throat> as we remember, Obama inherited a hell of an economy that went tumbling down because, you know, Wall Street and the banking, uh, not the bank, the housing industry got extremely greedy. The Wall Street peeps in New York City got very, very greedy. The banks got super greedy and got super risky with money and it all fell apart. <clears throat> but the economy is better. So where's the money? <laughs> where's the child tax credits? Where is the affordable health care plan? Where is the free, you know, preschool Where's the free secondary education? If we have generated so much wealth, where's the money? Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying I'm going to run for office. But if I did ever run for office, I'm never going to talk about the economy like that. My vision for what a strong economy is, my vision for what a strong, successful country is, is 0% homeless rate. Everyone should be housed, right? Shelter should be a right, whether it be hotel, apartment, house, condo, everyone deserves a proper place to live. Even if it means an RV, even if it means pimping out vans that are unused and turning them into livable facilities for people to travel in, everyone deserves to be housed. So my vision for what a good economy is, is a country that makes enough money so that it can give the people affordable housing, affordable education, affordable health, and affordable standards of living, period. That is the semblance of a strong economy. A place like Costa Rica probably has like 10-15% the GDP of the United States. Does that mean they have a bad economy? No, it means they don't generate as much money. But if you look at how healthy and how happy and, you know, if you look at the population of Costa Rica and see, you know, their standard of living, it's significantly higher over in Costa Rica, water is a right, a fundamental right. You have to have access to water. It is written in their constitution. That is a successful economy. One 
that manages to produce enough money to make sure that this is still a thing and that there hasn't been any corrupt politicians to fuck that up. As you remember, <laughs> you have companies, you have like companies like Nestle literally stealing water from communities. The United States still has people living on dial up. The United States still has people who do not have any access to running water and they have to leave town to find water. It is 2023 and this country has the greatest economy probably in the history of the world. And there are still people in the U.S. who need to travel for 30, 40, 50 minutes to go to the nearest grocery store or to go to the nearest post office or to go to the nearest place to get some water. That is not a strong economy. And I wish we could change the way we view money and we view success, financial success. It does us no good to have such a high GDP when all the money is just going to the 1%. It does us no good. So I'm back to, you know, so when Gavin Newsom and Sean Hannity have that debate, it just, you know, I just get, I just zone out because I'm like, not enjoying any of this. Florida's economy, Florida by itself is a top 25 global economy. Largely part thanks to Disney. Whether or not DeSantis will ever admit this. But Disney is the most successful, you know, theme park company in the world and second place isn't even close. Universal Studios, by the way, was almost fully open like five months into the pandemic. They definitely didn't set limits on their attendance numbers. And they still couldn't really beat Magic Kingdom on attendance. That just tell and, and Disney was controlling their numbers like severely. But even then, like Orlando by itself with, you know, with Disney and SeaWorld and Universal and the 50 million plus that come here every year, Florida's economy is super strong, but no one's really feeling it. So I hope that, you know, I hope this mindset where, you know, it's time to change the way we look at things concerning the economy. It's time to stop trying to link you know, prices to unemployment rates. Like, we got to stop doing that. We have to start looking into other factors as to why prices are so high. And it's time to go after them. It's time to go after corporate greed. It's time to go after companies that raise their prices when they don't have to. It's time to maybe even set price limits. And of course, this goes against the whole concept of free market. But what good is it to have a free market if there's no regulation? What good is it to play a game if the rules don't exist? Right? Even like your greatest sandbox game, you know, video games, like your Sky, like Skyrim, like your Legend of Zelda, like your Elden Ring, they still have rules to follow. There are still, you know, there are still limits to what you can do. And it's still a good product. 
A free market can still be a good free market, but there's got to be rules. We can't reach a point in which the airline industry, you know, constantly jacks up their prices, constantly, constantly create these dumb fees, and they're always pretending like they're one year away from bankruptcy. We constantly have to save them. Let them fail. Let the CEOs fail. But that's not that can't happen. That can't happen. Because the United States has an image to protect. It's gotta be successful. It has a strong economy. Can't have a place can't have American Airlines going bankrupt. Can't do that. It's got America on it. I wish, you know. I wish we could alter the way we view the connections between unemployment, interest rates, inflation, and economy, and stop trying to link the president to the economy as well, because the economy was actually super good during Reagan, and he was a shitty president. It was really, really good during the both Bushes, even though, you know, George W. had some struggles because, of course, you know, he got attacked, but the economy was good then, too. The economy was super good under Bill Clinton. My father worked for one of the theme parks at seven bucks an hour and was able to buy a house. Times were good. It was cheap. But we've reached a point in which, even though the country is as economically strong as ever, prices are higher than ever. Corporate greed is higher than ever. And we got states becoming poorer and poorer and the rich states have to constantly bail them out. We got like five to ten states that constantly operate on a negative, And they always need federal funding and federal help. And they always need help from other states to back them, you know, to back them up. California is always saving West Virginia's ass. Every year. No one talks about that. Because we're, we pretend like we are one you know, one full, complete nucleus, when that's really not the case. We're fragmented now. But we got to change the conversation. So, I'm not saying that, you know, Newsom wasn't wrong. Neither was Hannity. And that's the crazy thing. The economy was strong under Donald Trump. But the the racism and the white supremacy was also strong. That's what made Trump a shitty president. A good economy does not make a good president. Because otherwise, the last 12 presidents we had were good. Right? And that's just, that's just how it is. It takes more than that. Give me low, you know, give me low numbers of people who are homeless. Give me low numbers of cities that are, you know, extremely polluted. Give me low numbers of child poverty. Give me those low numbers of essentials. And then we can talk about how good an economy is because the economy is working for everybody and not just the 1%. I'm done here. I said I was I thought I was going to do this in 10 minutes. I clearly couldn't. I failed. <laughs> Have a great night. I will speak to you guys later. Bye.